Today, we're talking about the unknowns of the Florida Gators football team. Natalie Lugo's no-hitter for the Gators softball team last night. And we'll wrap up by previewing tonight's game between the Florida Gators and Vanderbilt women's basketball teams, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. As you can see in the bottom left corner, if you're listening on YouTube, you can find my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And getting into the unknowns of the Florida Gators football team. Um... I, I think it's very obvious to be like, hey, I'm starting with quarterback. Because at this point in the season, uh, earmuffs kids, we're still like, who the hell is going to be our starting quarterback? We don't know QB1, obviously, because uh, it is spring ball time. So, yeah, we, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. There's no clear-cut leader. I don't care if I think it'll be Anthony Richardson. I know the huge majority of you think it's going to be Anthony Richardson. But we don't know that as an unequivocal, undeniable fact because we don't know what Billy Napier is going to do. He has no prior relationship with these quarterbacks. He's not he, he's not Dan Mullen last year where it's like, hey, Emery, you're starting no matter what. Like This is not that situation. And I get it. I am also firmly in the spot that Anthony Richardson should be the starting quarterback. But <laughs> I'm not the head coach of the Florida Gators. Thankfully, because that I, I would be just awful. Um, obviously, we've you know discussed the options extensively. There's Anthony Richardson, who is the front runner at this point. We'll say he's the leader, whatever you want to call him. He's there, Anthony Richardson. Then there's last year's starter, Emory Jones, who prior to the bowl game, he was like, "Hey, I'm transferring after the bowl game." I've been told since then the plan has become Emory Jones will graduate and then transfer. But if he wins the starting quarterback job, somehow, if Emory Jones wins the starting quarterback job, who's to say that he wouldn't stay around? Like, if, if you can start for an SEC school, especially one as prestigious as Florida, I think there's a solid chance that he stays. And then there's Jack Miller III, who is the transfer quarterback from Ohio State. He's He is an unknown himself, let alone just the whole position in general. But he's an unknown himself because he barely played at Ohio State. He was a four-star that got injured and then became a three-star before going to Ohio State. So it, it, it's a toss-up at this point where even if the front runner wins, Anthony Richardson, we don't know which Anthony Richardson we're going to get because we've never seen him start an entire season. It's also very interesting to see if he's going to be healthy. Next up will be the edge rush because... Look, Brandon Cox Jr., big fan. Like I, I think when he's on, there are a few edge rushers in college football that are better than him. But everyone else on the edge is a question mark, especially as a pass rusher, because you can look at Prince Leo Manmelin, who's who's the number two right now. Chris Bowl transferred, which sucks because I was really hoping to see Chris Bowl be just a monster. Um, but Chris Vogel transferred. He's not going to be here. So Prince Leo and Mailing's the guy where it's like, well, you're coming back. 
and you're coming back with an expanded role, which, you know, optimistically is fantastic to have an expanded role for someone who is effective in a part-time pass rusher role. But you've also got to consider that he's coming back in an expanded role. And that's not always a great thing because, you know, he's going to play more run defense downs. He's going to play more pass rushing downs as well. But we also are going to see him play more in general, not just situationally. And it's like, well, can he handle that? Or will he get fatigued quickly and be burnt out by the end of the game, by the end of the season? And and that's something that you generally and genuinely have to think about when you look at these guys. And it's like, for there's a reason I didn't put pass rush here. And that's because on the pass rush side of things, we know Jervon Dexter is going to get inside push and he's going to push the pocket and he's going to collapse the pocket. But, you know, that ain't the edge. So I chose edge rush because we have Brenton Cox Jr., who himself, like I said, when he's on, he's elite in college football. But there's been so many times where myself and fans, casual fans, can even be like, why is he just not trying? Like, like he's just taking himself out of the play before he's taken out of it. Um, so, so the edge rush is going to be a question mark for this just Gators team next year. It, it is. I don't know. That, by the way, that doesn't mean if it's going to be a bad thing. That means we don't know if it's going to be bad. It, it could be fantastic. This team can get 80 sacks next year. I don't, I don't know. But we don't know what it's going to be. Next up, you got to look at linebackers, I think, is possibly – the biggest unknown, but it's third in this list because it's also possibly the least impactful one. Mamuti Abadi is gone. Tyron Hopper is gone. Jeremiah Moon is gone. There's a lot of linebacker talent that is gone. Ventral Miller, well, he's back, but he also just missed the huge majority of last season with an injury. So what will he be like now that he's back? And I've, I've said that I like the potential of a lot of guys in this linebackers group. I do. I, I think that there's potential for a lot of guys that are going to be big time players. And even if they're not big time players, I think a lot of guys here fit certain roles in a defense where you can go, okay, maybe he's not, maybe he's not a three down linebacker, but he can come in fantastic for coverage. Most likely person for that's like Duan black, for example, or you can say, Hey, they're not great in coverage, but they're solid run defenders, which Ventro Miller would be that guy. But Ventro Miller is also the only linebacker here where you know he's going to play a good amount. You've got Shamar James is coming in as an unknown. Scooby Williams, I think, needs to bulk up a little bit. I think he, I think he's great when he's playing, but I think he needs to bulk up if he's going to take on an expanded role. Dewan Black is, you know, that 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 Swiss Army knife, that chess piece, that safety slash linebacker slash edge rusher slash everything. Amari Bernie is someone I'm not super high on, but he's here. And Derek Wingo is another guy who, well, that that that's who we have here for the off-ball linebacker spots. And it's up in the air as to who is going to play or how much they're going to play. So it's as unknown as you can possibly get when you talk about linebackers on the Florida Gators. March Madness, just a few weeks away, just three weeks away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're running your brackets this year. And I have a suggestion for you. 
runyourpool.com. It's the place to be along with standard brackets. They've got Pick'em, Survivor, and it, it's they've got information and stuff that you won't find on ESPN or CBS. And another thing you won't find on ESPN or CBS is that you can use runyourpool.com with us. You'll be able to set up your bracket with me and the Locked On Gators listeners specifically for free, which I haven't set up yet, but I will set it up and I will include links once I set that up. And once we get closer to tourney time, join the whole Locked On network at runyourpool.com slash locked on to maybe win a cash prize. And if you want to set up your own pool for friends, family, business, whatever you want to do, use code PUREMADNESS at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. Runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize for free. It's free to join pools. It's just you got to pay to set them up yourself. Now we're going to talk about the women's softball team versus North Florida. The Gators were previously 9-0. And guess what? They continued running roughshod, stomping mud holes, putting boots to at. Mm, never mind that. When the Gators took on the North Florida Ospreys in Gainesville on Tuesday and Wednesday. And it's safe to say that on Tuesday, the bats came alive for Florida. And the props to North Florida for making it through the game because... That's hard to do against this Florida team, the buzzsaw that are the 2022 Florida Gators softball team. Lexi Delbray pitched seven strong innings for the Gators, allowed just four innings pitch and one earned run while striking out seven batters along the way. And like I said, the bats were alive for Florida. 12 hits, but they weren't the ones driving in the runs for the Gators, which is weird to say, but North Florida had committed six errors, and those led to five unearned runs. So the Florida Gators had two earned runs in the game. And also, I I love how aggressive yet efficient the Florida Gators are on the base paths as on Tuesday, four stolen bases combined from four Gators. Kendra Falby, Hannah Adams, Skylar Wallace, and Cheyenne Lindsay. They all had one steal. We'll get back to that in a minute. Last night, the Gators and Ospreys played the second game to round out their series. And that time, North Florida couldn't finish the game, which is amazing. And um, I have one, if I have to think of one way to sum up last night's game against North Florida, it is Natalie Lugo. God damn, god damn. Natalie Lugo through this second no-hitter of her college career, and she is just a freak. She pitched five innings, which I know some people are like, oh, that shouldn't count as a no-hitter. That shouldn't count as whatever. She could have kept it going. The game ended. Like, like she threw a no-hitter during the game, and it's a game that counts. So second career no-hitter for Natalie Lugo for the Florida Gators, and she had five shutout innings before the game was called. She had three walks allowed, and there was a Gators error, so not a perfect game with no base runners, but she did a thing. She also had four strikeouts in 57 pitches, and that's something that I was thinking about where I think not enough people are acknowledging um, just how good this softball team is, first of all, and how much of a benefit 
the Gators are getting from destroying their competition this early in the season. Because, look, like we could talk about Tuesday's game, where it, it, it wasn't a blowout, and it, or well, it was a blowout, but it wasn't a game that got called early or mercy rolled, and multiple games have this year. And that's very big for the Florida Gators because as we get later into the season, that's going to be big for the Florida Gators rest-wise because Natalie Lugo just walked away from a game with 57 pitches thrown instead of, you know, double digits or or triple digits. Obviously, she was in double digits, but high double digits or triple digits. She didn't throw 90 pitches. She didn't have 104. She had 57. She's well-rested by the time that she has to start a game again, which is big because the Gators do play four games this weekend, uh, which, again, we'll get to that in a little bit. Reagan Walsh had two doubles last night. Her first one cleared the bases, driving in three runs, and her second double drove in another run. She combined for five RBIs throughout the game, and I realized I just listed four of them. The other one came by her getting hit by a pitch, which drove in a run for the Gators. Also, I mentioned uh, in Tuesday's game that uh, Kendra Falby Hannah Adams, Skylar Wallace, and Cheyenne Lindsay all had a stolen base, and the Gators had four stolen bases total in that game. Last night, the Gators also had four stolen bases total in that game. Four different players had them, and each player had one steal. Can you name those players? Hint, Kendra Falby, Hannah Adams, Skylar Wallace and Cheyenne Lindsay. Back to back nights, the Gators softball team had four stolen bases by four different players combined. Each one had one stolen base. And back to back nights, it was Kendra Falby, Hannah Adams, Skylar Wallace, and Cheyenne Lindsay because they're just nice like that. Like I said, aggressive but efficient. This Gators team is applying pressure in all sorts of ways. And heading into tomorrow's game, because there is a game tomorrow, there is a game Saturday, and there are two games on Sunday, which, I mean, it, that it's just bonkers to me that the Gators are just running through so many games right now and just maintaining dominance throughout, which if and when the Gators drop a game eventually – I won't be upset because like they've been they've been just buzzsawing through the competition so far. And when you play enough games in a short enough period of time, there's there's gonna be a drop here and there. There's gonna be a bad game or whatever it may be. But the UCF Knights classic starts tomorrow where the Gators, four games, three days, DePaul on Friday, Oakland, not California, Oakland, Michigan, on Saturday. James Madison, and then wrapping up with UCF on Sunday. Uh, James Madison and UCF Sunday. UCF being the last game to talk about there. And, I mean, the Gators, they're just so damn good. Like, if they can start the season 15-0, and 0, ridiculous. Just, just monstrous team that we have here. Anybody else make money this weekend? I did. And then past two nights, not so much. But, hey, we... We move. We, as long as we're in the green, we move. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Florida threw a few wrenches in my plans. The Arkansas game, I was heartbroken by. BetOnline.net even covers award shows, 
TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up. I mean, you guys know, always with my phone. That's always how I'm about it. BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about the Florida Gators versus Vanderbilt Commodores women's basketball game that is happening tonight. The Gators have won 10 of their last 12 with their only losses coming to number one South Carolina. And in their uh, most recent matchup on Sunday, the number 11 LSU Tigers beat the Gators. And look, that's a game where we're going to walk out of it and... It sucks that Florida lost, but Florida played very good against a great LSU team in Baton Rouge, and the Gators had already beaten the LSU Tigers at one or earlier in the season. So in the, in that past ten out of twelve wins, one of those is LSU. So I I, I think that oh you could chalk that one up. You know it, it was a rough game. It was stupid mistakes. That really screwed them up. But the Vanderbilt game is the second-to-last game of the regular season for the Florida Gators. And, of course, uh, they face Missouri on Sunday, which we will talk about next week. Then it's the SEC tournament for the Florida Gators women's basketball team starting next Wednesday. Any wins and positive momentum for (laughs) anything for the remainder of the season is big. And this game... I think it's a favorable matchup for the Florida Gators. We look at offensively, I think the Gators are clearly better when healthy. Defensively, I think these teams are same, same, but different. You know, Florida's better shot blocking and protecting the paint. Vanderbilt, not great at protecting the perimeter, but they do force a lot of steals and force a lot of turnovers. Um, But I, I, I think the teams are overall pretty even keel defensively. Um, and it's just one of those things where I think the Gators, like I just mentioned, Vanderbilt's good at taking the ball away. If you're Florida, you've got to get back to not making mistakes and you've got to convert your free throw opportunities at the line. Because what happened during Sunday's game against LSU was absolutely unacceptable. Like if, if you're going to shoot 50% from the free throw line, just you're, you're going to go home so early during March Madness. Just, just leave now. Because if you're going to shoot 50%, you ain't winning against good teams. It, it's as simple as that. If you're shooting 50% from the free throw line, call it a night because that's done. I'm also interested to see if Kiki Smith plays because we know late in the LSU game, she took a spill. And I mean, whether she hurt her lower back or her hip, she took a spill. Haven't really gotten an update since then. If she does play, will she be 100% or will they you know, will Kelly Ray Finley be like, you know what, just rest up. It's a game that's favorable for us and we're going to hope for the best. And then we'll worry about Missouri and we'll worry about the, the SEC tournament. Just be healthy for it. If Kiki Smith, or if she just straight up can't go, um, if Kiki Smith doesn't go, I'm interested to see what the Florida Gators do. And with Kelly Ray Finley, because you could look at Albert Rendall came in when Kiki Smith got injured against LSU. And I think that we'd see a lot of Alberti Rimdahl in this offense. And she is just unconscious from three at times. Like she is a beast and Jordan Merritt, you know, you've got it. I don't think it's something to call her out on, 
But I would like to see Jordan Merritt get involved again in this team, like just, just getting involved again in the offense because we look at pretty much since Lavender Briggs left, Jordan Merritt has taken a bit of a backseat. You know, Zippy Broughton stepped up also. That's a big thing where it wasn't just Lavender Briggs left and the team was lost. No, Zippy Broughton stepped up in a primary scoring role. Kiki Smith's offensive production dropped a little bit. Jordan Merritt's dropped. Nina Rickards has also picked it up, and that's someone who – if Kiki Smith doesn't play, or even if she does, Nina Rickards is someone I'm hoping to see get more involved. Um, I, I think that, you know, she started the season ice cold. <laughs> but in her last six games, she scored double digits five times, which is great for her considering how slow she started the season. And in the one game she didn't hit 10 points and she didn't get double digits, she still had seven points, but she also only took five shots. So it's not like she was just missing a ton. It's that she just wasn't aggressive enough offensively. And against LSU, she had the highest shot at, uh, field goal attempts of her season and her season high in points. So Nina Ricards is someone who she's been stepping up a bit recently. Like she's been clicking at the right time, and that's exactly what you want. And I, I think that we see her as someone who is going to be very big for this team down the line and we when we get it to SEC tournament because even if she's not putting up a ton of points, she's the most aggressive rebounder on this team at any position. And she's one of the better defenders on this team at any position. So Nina Ricards is someone who I know a lot of people that I've seen are like, why like she's so inconsistent offensively shooting wise. But she f- contributes consistently exceptionally at every other spot on this team aside from scoring. And even then she started clicking. So she is really clicking at the right time. And this is one of those times where we look at this Florida Gators team who, when we lost to South Carolina, we weren't thinking, you know, you know, where do we go from here? We were like, that's the number one team in the country that we were projected to lose by, by about 20. And I believe Florida lost by 12 in that one. And then you look at the LSU game, but now we've beaten LSU before. So now it's like, what, what are you made of? I think that's what it was. It was a, what are you made of game? And I think Florida showed what they did what or what they're made of. But now I think it's a, how will you bounce back from adversity game? Because you're running out of losses that are allowed. And that's not a knock on them at all, but, March Madness is coming up, SEC tournament is coming up. You're running out of potential losses. So you've got to click at the right time, and that's hopefully what the Florida Gators can do. Hopefully they didn't peak too early. Um, the only way I think for sure Florida loses this game is turnovers. And I'm not saying that they won't lose the game if they don't turn the ball over. You could lose the ball. You could lose the game if you turn the ball, if you don't turn the ball over. You could shoot 50% from the free throw line. You can not be great from three because LSU was awful from three. And it was a close game. Imagine if LSU was hitting their threes, it, it'd be a nightmare. But I, I think that if the Gators do regrets in terms of taking care of the ball, Vanderbilt's going to win this game. Like, I, I don't care about, you know, record, anything. If Florida turns the ball over a lot, Vanderbilt is going to win the game. Or if Florida turns the ball over or gets more careless, I'll say, Vanderbilt's going to win the game because Vanderbilt's already going to have minimum probably like seven steals minimum um so i i think if you get careless vanderbilt's gonna just run wild on you in transition also one more note before ending the show hire kelly ray finley permanently 
Thank you. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about our Florida Gators. Don't forget to check out Lockdown Bets. Help you win some money because they've helped me win some money. Hosted by your boy Q with handicapping expert Lee Sterling every day. Check out Lockdown Bets. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E. And I any sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.